הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שתורנו לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שאוכני עפר קדוש ומשבר ארץ המה. ובבחר לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם נחן נובע מכוח חוכמה רבנו נחן ופגי בן צמחה. נא נח נחמן נחמן נאומן זכותו תגן עלינו על כל ישראל אמן. שברוך השם we continue in סימן ע"ה שיחות ערן. Continuing in lesson 75 where we just started discussing what Rabbeinu speaks about um, um, with regard to prayer. How Rabbeinu speaks about, we just discussed in the Tukun Azor, they're masters of the hands and masters of the feet. And how sometimes um, a person might have concentration in one part of the tefillah versus another who might have concentration in another part of the tefillah. And Rabbeinu says don't get discouraged by this because this is all normal. It's impossible to pray the entire prayer with proper concentration. So continuing on that note, and Rabbeinu emphasizing to pray with simplicity. Rabbeinu continues. Rabbeinu says, and even if sometimes a person exerts all the effort that he can, and he still cannot pray properly, he still is unable to pray, he still feels his words are forced, he still feels unable to pray, he's not enjoying it. Rabbeinu says, nonetheless, do not be discouraged by this. Do not be mentally discouraged and do not fall from this. At all. Because this is the most important principle, the most fundamental concept. It's forbidden to fall in your mind, to be mentally, to mentally fall. In any single case. Rabbeinu is saying, it's forbidden to fall. It's forbidden to be discouraged. No matter what passes over this person, no matter what he goes through, Rabbeinu is saying it's forbidden to discourage yourself, to give up. Even if you're unable to pray at all, all you need to do is to force yourself, no matter what, just to force yourself to speak the words of prayer in complete simplicity. Literally, like the child in school. Rabbeinu is saying, like the child in school, he doesn't really understand much, he just reads it. Rabbeinu is saying, okay, you don't feel that much of the prayer. The main thing that you need to do, the main effort that you need to put in is just to say the words in simplicity. Like a child at school. And to say many words over in complete simplicity. simplicity. Meaning, go from one word to the next, reciting it in total simplicity. Rabbanu saying the majority of the time, if a person does this and continues reciting the words in simplicity, not giving up, just doing what he can in that moment because he didn't feel anything, he just continues reading to the best of his ability, he will later merit with Hashem's abundant mercy and compassion to be awakened from this. To wake himself up, to be, to have enthusiasm, until actually his heart will be inspired again, and uh, he'll begin to recite the words with arousal, and now suddenly he's able to pray properly. Rabbi is saying, just don't make a test on this, uh, of this. Don't uh, put this to the test. Do not try to test Hashem with this and say, Hashem, okay, I don't have proper concentration. I'm just going to read and see uh, if you give me the concentration. Rabbeinu is saying the only way this works is essentially you do not test Hashem in it. And um, we have to have emunah for this. 
that we're not putting this to test. We just do it in total simplicity to recite the words. And that Bizrat Hashem, Hashem's mercy and compassion. That's why Rabban was saying. It's not because of you. It's Hashem's compassion by the fact that He still sees you're knocking on the door and still praying no matter what. Hashem with His compassion will grant you um, enthusiasm in your prayers. It's a gift of Hashem. So if you try to test Hashem, He won't give it to you. Because it's certain that each and every individual, according to what each and every person feels in his own soul, how low he knows he is. Meaning each and every person knows deep down within himself how low he feels. And according to each and every person and how low they really feel deep down. It's fitting for him to understand, to know that he's extremely far from the concept of prayer. Each and every person should understand this deep within his lowliness. That he's very far from the, the greatness of tefillah, from prayer. Because prayer is extremely, extremely lofty. Look at this. This is something that explicitly isn't really mentioned anywhere else. Rabbanu brings this down. And a lot of people uh, like to argue against this one. But uh, you can bring it down from Sikhot Aran, Lesson 75 to prove it here. It's also brought down in Likut Al-Achot. Rabbanu also brings down this Gemara. Uh, brings it down from the Gemara uh, Yerushalmi Brachot, chapter one, Halacha Hey over there, with regard to the Machloket um, between Rashbi and Rabbi um, Yehuda, if I'm not mistaken, uh, this idea that's mentioned over there. But it brought down in Nikut Halachot, Hilchot Rosh Chodesh, Halacha Hey, that what that Tfila ve'Gavoa Yoter Minimud Torah, and Tfila is higher than the study of Torah. We think we, we this, it's not that we despise it, it's that we don't give enough attention to prayer because prayer is extremely difficult. You don't see the results. Limud, on the other hand, when you study, on the other hand, you immediately gain the wisdom and the knowledge, so you feel the incentive behind it. But prayer, you don't really see much until uh, you can be waiting for years to receive a salvation. Prayer is something that is higher than Limud Torah. Rabbanu brings this down. Uh, this is the source for it. And uh, Rabbi Natan brings this down in Chod Chod Chodesh and he, emphasizes, he expands on this a little bit more. That He says that in the name of Rabbeinu, essentially, that there's different levels of prayer and different levels of study. Of course. You know? But when a person studies Torah, that is higher than just a basic prayer when you're praying for your basic needs. For example, Panasa uh, or you want a pair of new glasses, you know? Things like this. That is higher than that sort of prayer. But whenever the prayer is mentioned for maybe Gashmiut, when it's about something physical, but for the sake of spiritual, for example, you want to buy a table for the Lichvot Shabbat Kodesh, it would be equivalent, if I'm not mistaken, um, in the words of Rabbi Natan. But the only way prayer is higher than Limud Torah, and of course this is what we strive for, and of course this is what a lot of our prayers are based on, if a person's head is on his shoulders, is that what? When a person prays to draw close to Hashem Yitbach, when a person prays that Hashem Yitbach give him the ability to apply the words of the Torah, to help him do things that enable him to draw closer, this is higher than Nimud Torah. The prayer about spirituality um, and Ruchaniyut, spiritual matters, go higher than the, the study of Torah. And Rabbeinu is saying, you have to ask yourself, how can I even merit such a high concept, such a high service like this of prayer? Meaning, deep down I have to understand and know that I'm far from tefillah. It's just the gift that God is giving me to be able to even merit to say the words. We have to believe this. When we come to pray, we shouldn't even come to Hashem with any sort of merit at all. Rabbi Natan brings this down in the name of Rabbeinu. 
Rabbeinu teaches us this in Lesson 78 of Book 2, Volume 2 of Likutei Moran. That when a person prays, he cannot pray using his merit and beg Hashem Bach to grant him something with his own schut. This is not the way a person should pray. You have to pray like Moshe Rabbeinu, begging God to ask for a gift. Just because even though you don't deserve it, you're relying on God's kindness and compassion to grant it to you. That's the way we must pray. Therefore, it's upon you to do what you need to do. To begin the words of prayer in total simplicity. Adon Olam Hashem Rabbeinu brings the example. Adon Olam, master of the universe. Adon Olam, master of the world. Hashem Malach who reigned, etc., etc. You should incline your ear to what you're, you're saying. Meaning, open up your ears to, to listen to what you're saying. The words that are, utter, that are being uttered from your mouth. And you have to constrict your thought and your mind. So that your thought does not fly and spread outwards. All you need to do is that your mind is constricted within the words of prayer. That your mind is focused on what you're saying. And you shall pray in this order. Just like we mentioned with the methods that we just mentioned. By constricting your thought and your mind. And... Um, Opening up your ears. <clears throat> you should pray like this in order. In total simplicity. Even without any awakening. Without any vitality. Without any passion. And you continue like this in your prayer. Whether it's multiple words or whether it's multiple pages. Until while you're saying this. One moment, Hashem, Bezrat Hashem, with His mercy, with His compassion, will awaken you and give you the ability to pray with enthusiasm, etc. And even if sometimes we do not pray, we do not merit to pray the entire prayer with um, compassion. Meaning what? Even if we merit that the entire prayer is prayed with total, like, neglecting, that we cannot even pray properly, we try, but there's no words of compassion, there's no words of enthusiasm. Even if the entire tefillah from the beginning of Korbanot to the end of Aleinu L'Shaber is with no compassion and no awakening. Malasot, what can you do, Rabbeinu says. Look what Rabbeinu is saying. Malasot, what can you do? Forget about it. If you merit, you'll be able to speak afterwards, after you pray, a few chapters of Tehilim, or Bakasha, or whether it's another tefillah, or another supplication with proper concentration. Rabbeinu is saying, the tefillah is not over. Just because you finish the prayer without concentration doesn't mean that you cannot still pray with concentration. If you can, okay. If Hashem gives you the merit to pray another chapter of Tehilim with, then good. If you do not merit, then okay. No big deal. Rabbeinu has a beautiful Torah on Parashat Vayetchanan about this. And I beg to God at that time saying, what does that mean in that beg to God at that time? Saying this is with regard to Moshe Rabbeinu. Begging God to let him enter the land of Israel. Rabbeinu says that we know this famous Gemara. Which in the Gemara Barachot I believe. Which uh, I forget who in Amora said that um, if I know, I, if I'm not, I forget. Uh, maybe it's Rabbi Hanina Bedosa. I forget that what? He says, Im shigurat filat, um, that, that about this Amora, that about this um, um, what do you call it? Talmudic sage. They say about him that he said that I knew my prayers were accepted if my words were flowing from my mouth. And if not, then I knew they weren't. So Rabbanu says, then what's the motivation to pray at all if your, your words are not uh, flowing from your mouth? You know your tefillah is not accepted. 
So Rabbeinu says, do not be discouraged by this because any single prayer that you pray is always stored up above. Whether it's done with, uh, if it's done with uh, concentration, if it's done with flow- words flowing from your mouth, then good, it's immediately accepted in. If not, then it just waits there. And it waits for the next prayer that you pray with proper flow. And when you pray that prayer with proper flow, all the prayers that could not ascend beforehand go up with that prayer that now can ascend. So everything arises in one shot. And I beg to Hashem. And yes, it might have been that when I beg to Hashem, it was not accepted. But it was accepted before Hashem. But at that time, which time? When I was praying with proper uh, flow from my mouth. When words were flowing from my mouth. So we see here, Rabbeinu says, never be discouraged from prayer. Because no matter what, even if you do not merit the concentration then, later when you do, all the prayers will ascend. Haklal, the main idea is this. Rabbeinu says the main principle is this. A person needs to coerce himself, to force himself with all his energy in every single thing in holiness. Very, very much, Rabbeinu says. Anything you want to do in Kedusha and holiness, you have to force yourself to do it. And specifically prayer. Even if nonetheless you do not merit to do it, it's forbidden for him to mentally fall in this, to be mentally discouraged. You have to reinforce yourself. Bring yourself life with whatever you can bring yourself life with. Rabbeinu says, bring yourself to life with whatever you have. It's already brought, this concept is already brought um, a lot in uh, the books that have already been printed. Look in Likutah Moran. Lesson 282. We know the famous Torah of Azamra that Rabbeinu teaches us to find the good points within yourself. In Volume 2, Lesson 48. Lesson 115 of Volume 2. Lesson 121 of Volume 2. Lesson 122 of Volume 2. All these lessons discuss this idea. In depth. A person has to be careful to pray with great joy. And you have to accustom yourself to pray with the melody of joy. Rabbeinu is saying, don't just pray with the words with joy. But sing them too. Sing in a tone of joy. Sing with the tune of uh, happiness. We have no idea what a melody can do to bring a person back to life. There's incredible stories about melodies. Um, uh, unbelievable things that we have no idea what a song, what a melody can do to a soul. A melody has the ability to awaken a soul from the dead. There's a beautiful thing that's discussed with regard to... Um, the famous Nigun Adir Ayom, Adir Ayom, which is, sin, which is sung um, on Motzei Shabbat Kodesh, on uh, Saturday night, after Shabbat, we sing the famous Nigun Adir Ayom. We, Rabbeinu used to sing this song. And the Baal Shem Tov spoke very highly about this song. And uh, it said about a person who was once singing this song in the forest, and um, he heard a, a neshama from the bottom of the ground, of one of those dead souls that was from the ground, humming to this song too. This song is so powerful, as well as any other melody that comes from Ktusha. Kaiyasov, incredible songs that we have no idea. Yadid Nefesh, the ability to be able to lift a person up from the darkness. Um, uh, we have no idea what melody can do. Melody has the ability to bring a person to so much joy. Rabbeinu says in Chayim Oran, um, and we, by the way, what I was just saying about that story, it comes to show you that melody can literally make a dead person come sing with you. Uh, even a person who is dead, spiritually. Physically, you have no idea what a melody can do. It's said about uh, the melody that uh, Rabbi Aaron Mikarlin, Rabbi Aaron Agadon Mikarlin, the great Rabbi Aaron of Karlin, one of the uh, 
we know that uh, one of the most famous songs of all Hasidut is Ka Echsof. Um, it's a very famous song, a beautiful song, a beautiful nigun. Um, it said about him that when he used to sing this, uh, when he used to sing the melody of um, Shira Shirim on Friday afternoon, all the heavenly angels used to stop their singing to Hashem to listen to him. They used to stop all their tasks to listen to the nigun because he sang it with such a beautiful melody. And he had so much koach and passion with it. So he came up with this nigun, Ka'ech and it said about this nigun, there was once a Besar al-Hasid who was traveling throughout the forest and... Um, he was traveling throughout the forest because this was the way to get back home. And he, uh, what do you call it? He was traveling throughout the forest to go back home. And uh, he came across a murderer. A murderer, a robber came to him and um, tied him up. Uh, basically beat him up, tied him up, took all his belongings and was about to kill him. was preparing the knife. And this abrasive al-Hasid told him, can you give me a minute? Let me just give me a few minutes to myself. So he was waiting there while this Bresser Hasid started singing Kaiso. Started singing the entire song. By the time he finished, the man, the robber, the, the murderer, who was also uh, at that point, uh, uh, what do you call it? I don't know what, who he was, but he, he ran away. The power of melody is so big. You have no idea. We have no idea what melody can do to a person. It can literally bring someone to life. And what I was saying earlier, the Rabbi Munchaim Moran mentioned the time when he was so discouraged. He was in such a point of his sickness. He was so low. Rabbeinu, he was, he was saying to Hashem Bach, he was crying one time. Rabbi Nathan found him crying. And he was telling uh, Rabbi Nathan, he was saying, I don't understand why everything I do has to have so much soul sacrifice. How everything I, I do, I want to do in holiness, anything I want to accomplish, I have to literally sacrifice my soul to do it. Nothing comes easy to me. And he was crying like this. Rabbi was saying this. It's, a, it's emotional, imagine. A tzaddik who spends his entire life trying to draw close to Hashem and any single time he wants to do something, he has to put everything into it. It's draining. It's exhausting. He sees that he feels as if Hashem sometimes not extending the hand. And Rabbeinu says that sometimes it feels that whenever I want to, when I don't know how to pray, literally, I, sometimes I want to pray, but I don't even know what words to utter. I forget everything. So that what? Now when I forget everything, I want to hum a melody, but even the melody that I want, that I want to sing is taken away from me. I can't even sing. So Rabbeinu says, I have to force myself with all my strength, whatever drop of strength I have left, to say whatever words I can in prayer, to read the words in simplicity. And once I read the words in simplicity, Hashem sends me a melody. And then I sing with the melody, and then it brings me back to life. We see here two things. One, the, idea, the, the ability of a melody to bring a person to life. And the second thing is what? That when we pray in simplicity, like Rabbeinu mentioned, literally this happened to him. That what? When we pray in simplicity, Hashem restores our enthusiasm back. So we have to have emunah in this. And Rabbeinu says, Rabbeinu says, a person has to see to it that he makes himself happy before praying, to bring himself to life with whatever he can. And you have to search within yourself for whatever good point you still have within yourself in order that you should merit to be happy while you pray. And so that you should pray in happiness. So I've been saying before you pray, you have to. It's necessary to find a good point within yourself. Because you cannot pray unless you are happy. And how do you be happy? Finding the good points within yourself. Finding that you are a worthy Jew. And it's already brought down. Look in lesson 282 of Likuta Moran. This idea. Um, <clears throat> and the importance of um, finding good points before you pray. Rabbeinu says you can only sing and pray to Hashem if you find the good. Because you will, never have the, you will never have the motivation to pray unless you feel that you're good enough. 
and that uh, you might have a worthy point. mentions in this holy Torah, I will sing to God with my little bit, meaning the little good that I possess within me. This Torah could be spoken about for, for years and years and years. Uh, the depth of this Torah goes, the entire Torah is founded on this lesson. The entire Torah, Nevi'im, Ketuvim, Sod, Pshat, Remez, Drash, Sod, everything. The entire Torah is founded in one lesson. It's lesson 282 of the Quran. Look over there. Understand there. Analyze there. And you, you'll, see, uh, you'll see awesome things. With regard to the subject of prayer, there's so much to speak about. But it's impossible to explain all of this in writing, except just the main points. You can see why this is a fundamental lesson in Sikhotaran. We continue just a little bit. The intelligent one who desires the truth. Rabbi is saying not just the intelligent one. Rabbi Natsun is saying not just intelligent, but one who desires the truth. Because the main thing is to be a met. You don't need to be intelligent, you need to be a met. And when you're a met, you'll find the intelligence. The intelligent one who desires the truth will understand well all our words. Because they are pieces of advice that are wondrous, that are awesome. They are true and they are wholesome. Also look in lesson 9 of Likutem Moran. Um, lesson 9 of Likutem Moran. Also lesson 112 I believe of Likutem Moran. Um, yeah, in lesson 9 and lesson 112 over there about Rabbanu brings a lesson explaining the measurements of the ark of Noah and uh, the jewel that Noah placed in the ark etc or the window that it says uh, he placed the argument that Rashi brings down over there a beautiful Torah explaining how that has to do with prayer Rabbanu says lean your ear incline your ear and you'll listen open your eyes and you'll see Sham Hetev, over there very well, Be'emet, the truth. You'll open your eyes and see over there the truth. Ma'de'it Hashem, what is brought over there, Me'inyan Ha'emet, with regard to the subject of truth, about being Emet, genuine. She'ikar hu Ha'emet, the main thing that God wants is the truth. Rabbeinu says, Hashem Itba'ach, um, the main thing that Hu Chafetz, the main thing that He desires is the truth. Sheikh Shemabalbelin, et Adam bitfilato ba'avotot me'od me'od b'chom v'nei b'bulin. That when they try to confuse a person in his prayers, in his service, very, very much with all these sorts of distractions. The main thing is to be truthful in that moment. That you shall see to it. See in your prayer to speak, no matter what the circumstances, speak those words that you're speaking in truth, in simplicity, whatever level you're at. Analyze that lesson very well. And with this, you'll surely merit prayer. If you'll truly try to uh, apply what is written over there genuinely. And this is a huge principle in any aspect of serving God as it's brought over there. Study there and you'll see um, incredible things. I also heard in Rabbeinu's name that he said, that any movements a person pray, uh, makes during his prayers, um, with his hands, for example, this is what is hinted to in the Zohar, Kadosh Tikkun Zohar, Hanayamah B'Tikkunim, we brought down Tikkun Zohar, Tikkun 21, page 44b, that uh, this is what is mentioned, or what is hinted to, when it says over there, the hands writing secrets. That the hands writing secrets is the hands 
which are holding secrets when a person prays, when he moves his hands during prayer, whatever it might be that he moves during his, during his filah, when he stands up, whenever he jumps, whatever it might be. This is all this idea of his hands writing secrets. And uh, we'll finish off like this. Rabbeinu writes in Chayim Oran, one of his greatest secrets of his, the Rabbi Natan writes, one of the sodot nistarim one of the deepest, um, most concealed secrets of Rabbeinu was the fact that Rabbeinu said that any movement a person makes during his prayer comes from me. Any person, any person's movements during his filah, even if Arasha, those movements come from Rabbeinu, stem from Rabbeinu. This is a very deep. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know close what that means. But um, just by saying that, or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, that should instill enough faith that we have a tzaddik like this, like Rabbeinu HaKadosh, to instill so much emunah within us and to emphasize us, to, to emphasize this idea of prayer, to encourage us to pray with all our force to uh, encourage us, even in our uh, deepest falls, that uh, Hashem, no matter what, we must always encourage ourselves to pray, to serve Hashem, even when things aren't easy. And um, that's it for today. Continue next uh, episode with Lesson uh, 76.